Have you ever wondered what you should and should not be doing with your credit cards? What sort of credit cards you should open up? And how to really increase your credit score? Well, today we go into all of that. I got to interview Alvin George. He is a successful, charismatic entrepreneur and coach. Like the strongest trees in the forest, he has weathered some storms. He has been shaped by his life experiences, living in poverty, losing his father, being a starting point guard of his high school basketball team, selling cars, repairing credit, getting into real estate, and now living the abundant life of his dreams in Atlanta. We go into so many great things in this episode. I'm so excited you guys are here. My name is Sophia. I am the host of the shit show in my 20s. My goal is hopefully make your 20s less of a shit show with some of these lessons. So without further ado, let's get started. Thank you so much, Alvin, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. I'd love to start telling me about your 20s. Absolutely. Feel free to include any shit show moments we don't resonate with. Let's start there. Okay. Uh, Well, my name is Alvin George. It has been a journey throughout my 20s from hopping job to job and literally becoming a full-time entrepreneurs in my mid to late 20s. It's It's been a journey. I started as a car salesman at the age of 20, exactly at the age of 20. I started learning about sales and stuff like that. I worked in the car industry for about six months and I quit my job, believe it or not. I don't recommend anybody just quit their job, but I knew always into the entrepreneurial mindset, the entrepreneurial spirit. I just didn't know what to do at the time. So I actually found my niche in the credit and funding space at about the age of 21, 22. That's when I really started building up credit. That's when I I started taking it really, really, really serious. Getting my first credit card, getting my first secured uh, loan, getting my first automobile finance in my name. And I knew that credit would be the way to me starting to build wealth. So coming from the background that I come from, many people were not talking about this when I was the age of 20. I didn't know how important it was until I started acquiring the different possessions that I had, you know, started. I needed credit to get my first car because I didn't have a lump sum of cash sitting around. I wasn't like most 20 year olds that had just rich parents or anything like that. I didn't come from that that background. I came from the background where I actually had to go to work to earn it. (laughs) You know, I had to go to work to earn it. So just uh, just working and like, hey, I know I need a car now. I was getting rides from friends and family members to work. I was like, I need my own car. So I actually walked into the bank one day and I was like, hey, well, I went to the car dealership first and it was like, hey, man, we can't get you a car because you don't have no credit. So at that moment, I was like, what is credit? Because I didn't know. And we don't we do not learn this throughout school. School didn't teach me anything about a FICO score. School didn't teach me anything about a Dun and Bradstreet score, a Paydex score, you know, experience business score. I, I didn't learn any of this throughout my all 12 years of high school because I didn't attend college. So. When they said I couldn't get a car because I didn't have no credit, it was like they were speaking a foreign language to me. Like, I'm like, what is that? So they was like, well, you need to go to your local bank and talk to them about credit. So I'm like, so I walked into the bank the next day and I say, hey, man, I want to buy a car. But the car dealership is telling me I don't have any credit. So they were like, "Okay, great. 
well, you need to start building credit. Get a credit card. I'm like, all right. And that's when I started taking this journey really serious. I started learning and then I became an author and everything on the topic of credit. I started teaching it to people, not only on the personal side, but also on the business side. And then for all entrepreneurs that needed money to start their businesses and stuff like that, I started helping them get funding by leveraging their credit to get funding for their business. So that's pretty much a little bit of my journey in my 20s. I love it. So for someone who's like similar to you, they don't have credit, they're getting denied currently. First up, who you think is like a good credit card for a beginner, no FICO score? What else should they do after they get that first credit card as well? well? What I recommend to all beginners, if there are beginners and they're looking to just build credit, their credit is a clean slate. The first thing they want to do is go to their local credit union or to their local bank, preferably a credit union, and ask them if they have a secure credit card and a secure loan. Now, what does that mean? There's secure credit cards and there's unsecured credit cards. Secure credit cards just basically means that you have to put up the collateral. You have to pledge your money in exchange for a credit card. So if you go to your local credit union, ask them for a secure credit card, they may say, okay, we can open a secure credit card with $500. So you're going to give the bank $500. In return, they're going to give you a secure credit card, meaning that you're basically borrowing your own money. So once you get that credit card, the key is to make sure you use that credit card correctly. So if your limit now is $500 because you gave the bank $500, you do not want to spend the entire $500. You actually want to spend 10% of the $500, which is $50. That's going to allow you to build credit in all factors, which is having a credit card, which is payment history. You're going to make sure you pay that bill on time every single month. You're going to make sure you stay under a 10% utilization, not 30%, but 10% utilization of your total credit limit. You're going to be building length of history because you open that card and you're going to keep that card open forever. You're never going to close it forever because that's your first initial credit card. Then you're going to actually try to apply for a secure loan as well because on your credit report, remember these five factors determine what, what determines your credit score. So you got the secure credit card and you have the secure loan. This secure loan is going to give you something called mixed credit. You have a credit card and you have a loan. So it shows a mixture of credit. Then inquiries are going to be less than two, which you're going to have one due to the fact that the bank that you went to to get the secure loan and the secure credit card, they may just pull your credit just to see that you're a beginner. You don't have any credit. But that's how you get started. So go to your local bank or credit union. Now, if you don't have a local bank or credit union, there's other options out there like the credit builder card that you can actually obtain. You can get the extra debit card. You can get that. You can use that to start building credit as well. Okay. And so from that first credit card, how long does it take to get like an actual credit card, the unsecured one? Uh, it literally takes about 
two days. Once okay, you walk into the bank, yep. Once okay. you walk into the bank, they may just look at your credit. You're going to pledge the money, meaning you're going to give them the money. And what happens is it typically takes the bank. Sometimes it's it's an instant approval. Sometimes it may take 24 hours for the, the person to look at it, for the bank to look at it, the underwriter, and then approve it. Once it's approved, they're going to either give you a temporary credit card right there in the bank, or they're going to mail you one in the mail. Okay. And from going from that to getting like a Discover, a Chase card, a different card, how yeah. long does it usually take to build up your credit to be able to get one of those instead? I, yeah, I know. I normally recommend building your credit at least six months before you go and apply for like a Discover card or a Capital One or something like that. Now, Discover and Capital One do offer like secured credit cards. So if you want to go online to to their website, you can get a secured credit card with Discover and Capital One, but it will not be an unsecured credit card at the very beginning because you're a beginner. You're just starting credit. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then once you've built up your credit to a good point, what's your favorite credit card then? Once you have established your credit, once you have like a 750 credit score, you have a, a decent credit profile. Like that means you have multiple accounts. You're, you're managing the five factors correctly that makes up your credit score. You have a hundred percent payment history. You have less than a 10% credit utilization. You have some length of history now because you've been building your credit. Uh, you have a mixed use of credit and then you have kept your inquiries less than two, which means that you have not been applying for too much credit too fast. My personal favorite credit card is the American Express Platinum card. And my second one is the Chase Sapphire Reserve card. These cards are great for traveling. Like I like to travel. So what happens is that you actually get travel rewards when you spend money on these credit cards. So all of your monthly bills, you're going to put onto the credit card you're going to collect points because you're paying your monthly bills and those points is actually can be used for travel rewards, meaning you can book free flights with airlines. Like if you want to travel to a domestic or international place, you can actually use your credit card reward points to purchase those, those plane tickets, those flights to the destination that you desire. Okay. And I'm curious, can you ever go up to 30% utilization or do you recommend not going up to that point? You can, but this is how I teach credit utilization to everyone. You want to look at credit utilization like you look at grades in school. So let's say we all went to school before and they have A, B, C, D, and F, right? So we're going to look at credit utilization like we would grades in school. Uh, a to get an A, an A means that your credit is going to have the most points possible. You're going to look good to banks and you look really good where they, they may lend you some more money. So an A is going to be anywhere between zero and 10%, 9%. So if you have a 9% credit utilization, the bank's going to be like, great, I'm going to score you an A because you're not using too much credit. You're using just a little bit, but you're not using too much. So now you're an A. Then you have a B, the B tier. B grade is 10 to 19%. 
So, all right, you're still passing, but you're not, you're not an A, but you do have a B. And then from C is from 20% to 29%. Like you're passing, but you, you're not in the same category as the A or the B students, but you do have a C. That means that your points on your credit report is not going to be dramatic like someone that has an A. Someone that has an A is going to get more points towards their credit score than someone that has a C. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I love the analogy of school and grades. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Now, anything 30 to 39 is a D. Anything past that is an F. Now, we all want A's, so why not focus on making sure your credit utilization is at 10% or less? Make sense? And that's how you want to look at every single credit card or revolving line of credit that you have. You want to look at every credit card that way. And if you look at every credit card that way, you will always, always have at least a 700 credit score. If you look at every credit card that way. Okay. And how many credit cards do you think is too, can you have too many credit cards? No. Currently right now I have about a hundred. Oh wow. Yeah. I have about a hundred. <laughs> so you cannot have too many credit cards. I, the key to having credit cards is management. Management. Making sure you manage your credit correctly. The only way you can get to a hundred credit cards is if you manage it correctly. And if you manage those credit cards correctly, then guess what happens? The bank is going to give you more and they're going to give you more and they're going to give you more and they're going to continue to give you credit and credit cards and lines of credit for forever because the banks want you to borrow money. And if you borrow money and you use the money correctly and you utilize the credit correctly, then they're just going to continue to give you more. It's like yeah. a never ending, never ending cycle. It never ends. It's like it they just continue to give you more. Once you get that first credit card, your limit may be $500. But if you continue to use it correctly, that same bank may say, here, I'm going to give you an unsecured card. Now the limit is $5,000. Then you use the $5,000 correctly. They may say, you know what? I'm going to give you $25,000 now. And if you use that correctly, well, we may give you fifty. It never stops. It never stops. So that's the key. No limit on, I think, how many credit cards you should have. Yeah. And I'm curious, like your strategy to make sure you didn't get too many inquiries and getting that hundred, like how long did it take you to get those hundred cards? And how yeah, I've been yeah, I've been practicing this for like 12 years. So I, I didn't get this all at one time. It's been over the course of so many years. You know, um, I would, I opened my first credit card when I was 20, 20 years old, 20 years old, I opened my first credit card. I still have that credit card open because like I remember, never close your very first credit card. Never. I still have that credit card open. So I have at least 12 years of history from that one credit card. Now, over the course of the next 12 years, then guess what? I, I apply strategically for certain credit card over that the, the next 12 years. And that's how I was able to get the credit cards that I have now. And what do you do about the inquiries or you just let the inquiries kind of add up from all those cards? No, what happens is after two years, the inquiries actually fall off the credit report. By law, the inquiries can only stay on your credit report for two years. But here's another thing. After one year, the inquiry no longer has an effect towards your credit score. 
So they're going to fall off within two years by law. But after one year, it no longer affects your credit score. Because when you first apply for credit, what happens is that this actual credit the, the credit inquiry lowers your score a little bit. It lowers your score. But as time goes on and the year passes, that inquiry no longer has an effect on your credit score. So normally after that year or when I'm approaching that year, I'm ready to get another car. I'm ready to get another car. And I'm doing it strategically because with some banks, here's a little gem. With some banks, they allow you to get multiple credit cards with one inquiry. So I may go to ABC Bank, for example, and ABC Bank, they say, hey, all right, you want a credit card? Great. I apply for one credit card. And then they'll be like, well, you know, you can get three credit cards off of that same one inquiry. So I just left that bank with four credit cards or three credit cards with just one hard pull on my credit report. Hmm. I had no idea about that. Absolutely. Cool. Yep. Huh. And what's like the best credit card in terms of giving the highest limit? Uh, it depends. I know many banks that give really great limits. The key to high limits, there's banks out here that will give you some really high limits. Some banks that I really like for limits is Navy Federal Credit Union. If you could become a member of Navy Federal Credit Union, they're great. Bank of America has been great to me. Chase has been great to me. Many banks give very high limit. The key to getting high limit credit cards, here's the key, is relationships. If they start you off with a $5,000 credit card, then what happens is you want to make sure you manage that credit card correctly. If you do, they're just going to keep increasing your limits. And another key factor in high limit credit cards, 30 Forty, fifty thousand dollar credit cards is your actual credit report. Your score matters, but what really matters is your credit report. Your credit report tells the story to the bank. It lets them know how you've been managing your credit and how much money have you managed in the past. So the people that have really, really high credit limits is because they have managed lower amounts of credit in the past. Make sense? So your credit score is the key factor. You want to make sure you have a really strong credit report. That strong credit report is going to get you the keys to the doors of very high and exclusive credit cards. Like there are some credit cards, if you do not have a strong credit profile, they will just deny you simply because you don't have a strong credit profile. You can have a 780 credit score. But if your credit profile is not strong, meaning you don't have multiple accounts that you have managed and kept in good standing, they're going to actually still deny you for this credit card because your profile is thin. You want to make sure your profile is thick by having so many accounts that you have managed correctly. And do you ever like close any of your credit cards or you leave them all open? No, I leave them all open. I leave them all open. I manage... uh. Credit is livelihood. This is my life. So I leave them all open. There's no credit card that I close. I keep them all open. Some of my credit cards have annual fees, meaning like there's a fee that's charged for having that credit card once a year. Some of them have them, some don't. So what I do with all my credit cards, I make a small purchase every single year. Like whether I go in the store and buy a $5 bag of 
chips or gum or whatever. I make a small purchase of like five to $10 just to keep that credit card open. When the bill comes the next month, I just pay the bill off in full. I do it every single year on all of my credit card. And what's something that you think we do wrong with credit that's maybe not so obvious? The things that I see people do wrong with credit, first thing is not using it, <laughs> like not using credit. Like me being in this space for so long and I understand everything in the world is credit. Like when you go to buy a house, unless you have four, five, six hundred thousand dollars just cash laying around, you have to borrow money. That's credit. You have to use it. So not taking credit seriously, not having a proper education with credit is the biggest thing that I find most people not doing. That's the biggest thing. Not taking it serious, not thinking that it's important until they actually need it. When it's time for them to buy a house, it's like, oh, uh, I need credit now. And they don't have it. Credit is I say credit is like having a, a, a child, like a newborn. Once you birth that child, you have to continue to nurture, take care, raise it. It never stops. You have to continue from the day that the child is born. You have to continue to nurture that child. And that's how you should look at credit. It's the same way. It ain't something that you turn on and turn off. Like it's it's a continual ongoing process. So the first thing is just the education and not really using credit when they actually need it. That's the first mistake. The second mistake that I see most people make when they're using credit, they're using too much of the credit that they're issued. Like the bank just gave them a $10,000 credit card on the personal side and they go out and have a lavish shopping spree on that credit. And now they just damage their credit score because they use too much credit. They use the full $10,000. Now their score went from a 750 all the way to a 500 and they're plummeted. You know, for example, I've seen, I seen that happen. Yep. Hmm. And like, just like the management of management of credit cards as well, not staying on top of them. That's, that's very important. So what I do to make sure I stay on top of all my credit cards, I set up alerts with the banks. The banks will give you an option to get an alert via email and text message. You need to set up both because some people have credit cards and they forget that the credit card bill is due. So now you got a late payment because you forgot that the bill was due. So what you want to do is set up email notifications and you want to set up text message notifications at least 10 to 15 days prior to the, the, the card being due. Don't set it up the same day or a day before is because now let's say you may not have the money one day before. Or, or whatever happens. You want it to be at least 10 to 15 days before simply because that gives you time to put everything together. If you have to get the money or you have to move money or whatever your financial situation is, that gives you time to make that happen. And I'm curious if you ever run into anyone that you work with that maybe is like credit card hesitant, like they don't trust themselves with a credit card, trust themselves with spending money. I'm curious what you do there to help them get into credit cards. Yeah, I run into people all the time that's like, ah, it's like they're scared of the banks and the credit. Like, what do I do? Like, it's just the education. I, I make sure I educate, like, my clients on the topic. The reason why they're afraid of it or terrified of credit is simply because they really don't understand how it works. 
But once they understand how it works, they're like, oh man, I could have been doing this, you know? Because for instance, when I educate them on, all right, let's say you have a light bill, electric bill that's due every month. Your electric bill is $150. So I may educate my client. Instead of taking the cash that you're going to pay the electric bill with anyway, you're going to spend the $150 on the electric bill anyway. You're going to spend that money. Just pay the electric bill with the credit card. Now, the same $150 that you have, just pay that towards the credit card. The benefits of that, you just collect the reward points for just paying the bill with the credit card. Now, as you're doing that every month, your points are adding up. At the end of the year, you look up, you may have 10,000, 20,000 points. Take you a free trip to Las Vegas or California or travel to the Caribbean islands or something simply because you're using your credit card. And once I educate them on that and once they start seeing the benefits of using credit, it's like they never turn back. They never turn back. Like you telling me I could travel for free or I can use this. I can use these points from my credit card to walk into these department stores and buy these nice gifts and these back especially women they love to buy purses and when they find out they can buy a purse with their reward points they're like oh i'm doing i'm using this for everything and that's it that's how i get over the hurdle of the people that's scared of credit it's just the education once i educate them and show them the benefits it's like there's no turning like they're always like hey man what credit card can i get to do this what can i do it it, it never ends it it continues to it continues to go. That's how I handle that. Yep. Yeah, I love the game of credit cards. It's like a little game. <laughs> it is a game. It's definitely a game. And when you learn to master it and you play it, it's it's very rewarding if you do it correctly. Yep. Because you're rewarded for spending money. If you spend cash, there's no reward. Like you don't get rewarded for spending your money. Like you don't. But if you spend the bank's money, but you take your money and pay it back. The bank rewards you. Hey, I'm going to give you these points. Or you spent money with us. We're going to give you cash back because there's cash back credit cards as well. It's like, all right, you're paying your electric bill, $150. They may give you $2 back, $3 back. If you spend cash for your electric bill, the electric company is never going to give you no cash back ever. They're not going to give you cash back. You know, so the benefits of having credit cards and having good credit, that's the key factor. And that's how I get everybody to to focus on credit. Definitely. I want to go into like the business side in terms of like, how did you realize that like business funding was going to be like your niche? Like, how did you realize there was such a demand for that? Because this is how I realized business funding was my niche. As as I got um, when I turned 26, uh, I had built me a credit company. Uh, I started helping people build their credit, repair their credit. I started helping so many people. Then I noticed that many people were like exhausted with like working for other people. They wanted to do their own thing. It was like this desire need of like, hey, I'm going to buy me a house. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to see if I can go out and start a business or something. And when, as I was fixing credit, I knew that. 80% of the people I was fixing their credit, they wanted to actually work for themselves one day. The only thing that held them back was they didn't have access to the capital. So I'm like, 
Ah, and that led me into the business funding side. And I knew because I was once that guy in this entrepreneurial uh, mindset. Hey, I wanted to know how do I start a business? How do I build a business? What does it take? And when I started learning that I didn't have no money to start a business, so I started applying for business credit, getting business lines of credit and stuff like that. And that's how I knew my niche was going to be business funding. Then I got my first client and that it sold me. I got my first client. I was able to fund them like $75,000 in two days. I was like, all right, great. This is this is my lane. And now that person carried on to start their ice cream truck and all that stuff like that. What whatever they did with the capital, they started their business and they they went they moved forward with it. So I just carried on from that point on because like, hey, I done it for myself. Let me help other individuals that want to be entrepreneurial, uh, want to be their own boss or whatever. Help them get funding for their companies and. That's how I got here. And that's that's what I'm doing full time now, just helping people obtain capital for their business. That's awesome. And can you go into like the differences between like personal credit and business credit yep. and like things we don't know about business credit and how we can yes. use it? Personal credit and business credits, there's there's quite a number of differences. The first difference is personal credit has many limitations. And this is what I mean by that. Let's look at the credit utilization factor of personal credit. On personal credit, if you have a personal credit card and you use 50% of that personal credit card, what happens to your credit score? It goes down simply because you're utilizing too much credit. On the business side, if you have a business credit card, some business credit cards do not report the credit limits to the personal credit report. So what happens is that you may have a $10,000 Chase business credit card that do not report to the personal credit report, then you can go out and spend the full $10,000 without being penalized for it. Meaning that your, your personal credit score will not go down simply because your personal credit doesn't see that you have a $10,000 balance on your Chase business credit card. Now, the purpose of the business credit card is to use it to help grow and scale and build your business. That's the purpose of it. So that's one thing that's different about personal and business credit. You can utilize more business credit than you can when it comes to personal credit. The second thing about business and personal credit is this. On the business credit side, the limits are larger much larger. So let's say you go to Chase Bank and you go to to get two credit cards. On the personal credit card side, they may give you $5,000 or let's say $10,000. Normally, typically, if you manage that credit correctly and you apply for a business account, you'll start a limit maybe $25,000, $30,000. The reason why banks Understand that you're trying to start and run a business, so you need access to more money than you would just living your personal life. So on the business side, they tend to lend and give out more and higher credit simply because you're looked at as a business and not as an individual. Because businesses need money to run. They need money. So they're giving larger lines of credit to businesses. Yep. So that's like two of the biggest differences between personal and business credit. And what are your favorite business credit cards? Oh, 
my favorite, my favorite business credit card, favorites. But my, first, I love American. You can list a couple. It doesn't have yeah. to be one. But. My, my, my favorite business credit card would be American Express Platinum Card. I, I, I love the American Express family. Like I really love them. Like they treat me good. I treat them good. Like we have a great relationship. Um, and like I mentioned in the beginning, it's all about your relationship with these banks. And American Express is great because once you're in with American Express, it's like sky's the limit. Literally, like you can get five, six, seven, eight credit cards in one day with American Express. Like once you're in with, you know, once you have a relationship with them. And then the beautiful thing about it with American Express, they do not continue to do hard inquiries on your credit report once you have a relationship with them. So being that I like the American Express Platinum card, which is absolutely my favorite, it's my favorite because I travel a lot. I like to explore and go to different destinations. So the Platinum card is like a tremendous travel card. They give you like five times the points when you book airline travels directly through them. They give you exclusive lounge access into these airports and stuff like I just love that card, right? And what happens with American Express, I wanted to use the gold card for like different marketing purposes for my company. So I went in and I applied for the gold card. I didn't hit I didn't get a hard inquiry on my credit report. My score wasn't dropped and I was approved the same day for the credit card. And it's like that's wonderful. Cause most banks once you have a credit card with them and you want another one, they may put a hard inquiry on your credit report. They check everything again and then they try to give you approval. American Express is kind of different. They 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 get they take a soft look. They take a look, okay, you got a good relationship with us, his credit's still good, let's just give him the card. That's why I love it. So American Express Platinum is my first favorite card. My second one would be Chase Sapphire Reserve. That's another great travel uh, credit card. I like that. I also like the Capital One Venture card. Like that's another travel card as well. Like I like to travel. So most of my cards are travel cards. So I, I love to travel. And there's some really good cashback cards too. Like the City Double Cash. I have that one. Um, you spend money and they give you cash back. I like that. And another credit card that I, I really like. But honestly, I just use my, I just use my Amex Platinum for everything simply because the rewards are so good like the rewards are really that good so that's why that's why I, that's why i use it so that would be like my top three four my favorite and for the business credit cards do they ever report to personal do you ever run into that or no some uh, all right there's banks out here uh, two 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 subject matters on this there's banks out here that issue business credit cards that do not report to personal credit there's banks out here that issue business credit cards that report to business and personal credit. So me, when I when I tell people, I typically stay away from banks that report to business and personal because I want to use my business credit card to grow my business. So I may have to charge up the limit a little bit for marketing purposes or whatever. So I don't want those balances to report on my personal because if they do, what happens to my score? It goes down. I don't want that to happen. I want my personal credit to be clean at all times. That way, if I need to go apply for more funding, more business credit cards, more lines of credit or anything, my personal credit is squeaky clean. So 
I focus on business credit cards that do not report to the personal. Now, here's the kicker. There's business credit cards that do not report to the personal credit report. But if you default on the business credit card, meaning if you don't pay it or if you let it go into derogatory, if you just choose to neglect the card altogether, they're going to report the defaulting of that credit card to your personal credit report. Make sense? Yeah. yeah. So it can happen on all credit cards, but you just want to make sure you're utilizing the credit correctly. Okay. And when you're applying for like that first business card and you have no business history, does that count against you or? Not necessarily. Not necessarily because today times have changed. I've been doing this for the last, like I see, 11, 12 years. When I first started in this business, banks used to give you business credit cards and stuff without a personal guarantor. What that means is that you can walk into a bank and just use your business to get the business credit card. But now times have changed where if you want a business credit card, you have to use a personal guarantor, meaning that you have to put up your personal credit as like a co-signer to your business in order to get that business credit card. Makes sense? Mm -hmm. So to get business credit cards today from the major banks, Wells Fargo, Chase, Bank of America, most of your major Visa MasterCards from these big banks, they're going to require you to personally guarantee, meaning they're going to look at your personal credit in order to issue your business credit cards or business lines of credit. So, yep. So it's, I would say it, you won't be penalized because your personal credit is going to be took into consideration when you're getting business credit. Your personal credit will be taken into consideration. And for all the clients that you work with, with business funding, are there any businesses that you notice are like getting a lot of traction right now? Good to start right now? Yep. There's, here's my thing. When I'm, when I'm helping people with business funding to, to get the most amount of funding, you want to have a proper business structure. The first thing I do when I'm working with a business client is look at the business structure. Like is their business structure correctly? Do they have a business email? Do they have a business phone number? Do they have a business address? Is their business name in a low risk industry or is it in a high risk industry? High risk industries limit the amount of business funding you can get. Like I know for certain, being that I've been doing this for so long, I know certain banks don't like to see real estate companies. So if you have a company and your company is called ABC Real Estate, you may not be denied for funding, but instead of getting $50,000 in funding, you may only get 10 because banks don't like to see a business name that says real estate in it. So I would help my clients make sure that their company is structured properly, making sure they have the proper structure, making sure their business name is not in a high risk industry, but in a low risk industry. I would make sure that, you know, they're, they're Everything is done correctly. They're not attached to a P.O. box. If you're trying to get business funding and the bank looks up your business address and is attached to your local post office box, how are you running a real estate company out of a post office box address? So it, it, it's like a red flag. I will make sure that we get them set up with a proper business address that's going to qualify them for more funding. So getting funding for my clients even before we go to the banks, 
I look at the structure of their company. That's the most important thing. I have to make sure that company is structured correctly because the banks will do their research to make sure that, hey, this is a legitimate business. And if you have a simple thing like a, a Gmail instead of your company email, then guess what happens? You may be denied the funding that you were seeking. You may still get funded, but you may be denied simply because you have a Gmail versus having a legitimate business email. So structure is the most important thing at the beginning once I'm getting them funding for their company. What does the bank see as like low risk industries? Low risk industries will be like common names. Uh, I normally recommend to certain people like Sophia Enterprises or something like that. It's like it's the management of companies, you know, that's enterprises enterprises like the management of companies it you're not specific on certain things like for example if you had um abc automobiles we know you're selling automobiles but that's a high risk industry so instead if we had a if i had a company owner i would have them change it to george enterprises or george ventures or something like that now it's considered a low risk industry then i will go out and have them file a dba dba means doing business as then i will have it george automobiles so their original business name is george ventures what they're doing business as is George Automobiles. So to the public, they can advertise George Automobiles because that's how they're doing business. But when we go to submit for funding and stuff, guess what? We're only using George Ventures because the banks are like, okay, I like George Ventures. It's a low risk industry. So it's all done strategically. And that's what qualifies you for 50, 100, 200. $300,000 in business money. Hmm. Just having the strategic little tweaks and the things set up properly. It's interesting how many small little details you need to think about. <laughs> yeah. It's the small it's the small details that literally changes a person approval limits from 10,000 to 150, 200,000. It's small details, you know, and 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 most people typically miss over that but that's why they hire me they hire me in my company simply because that's what i'm an expert in most people are experts in their selective field like a doctor may be only an expert at working on his patients he may not know how to fund his business or get extra capital he that's not his field. That's why they come to me so I can make sure that the company is set up and structured properly to go out and get them the money. Make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yep. And what are some businesses you feel like are really getting traction right now? A lot of businesses. We did recently, believe it or not, I did a window tinting company. Like the guy tint windows. Uh, I was able to get him like 100000 in three days. Real estate is getting traction too, but you cannot have the name real estate in it. So like if you don't have the real name real estate, you can get traction. Marketing companies, marketing companies is getting traction. What's another company that I've been to? Companies that I've been in, like some startups that I've been working on. Tech been getting a little bit. I'm working with a tech company right now. Um, they've been getting some money. Restaurants. Restaurants been all right. As, as long as it's structured properly, restaurants could be tricky, but it, it's, it's been going great for them. E-commerce. E-commerce. Oh, my God. E-commerce. Like, it's, it's been 
tremendous for e-commerce. Like people that like to sell on Amazon and stuff like that, it's been great for e-commerce brands. So that's some business that's been getting a lot of traction, especially e-commerce. I did I, I did quite a few e-commerce recently because okay. many people like selling on Amazon. They needed money to purchase inventories in the in the banks. Banks they love it. They love e-commerce. Yeah. And what is something that you do every day? It's non-negotiable for you. Every single day, every day is I look for money. <laughs> it's a non-negotiable. Not looking for money for myself, but I'm looking for money for my clients. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking for new loan programs. I'm looking for like what banks is lending here. What's the requirements for getting this money? What's like because I'm working with companies every day and people need capital to grow their businesses and stuff. So a non-negotiable for me is finding banks, credit unions, lenders. That's money. So I try to do that just about every day, whether I do it for an hour or two hours or I try to do it every day because like people call me every day for capital. Hey, man, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to get this done. I'm trying to do this. So I I try to do that every day. Besides taking time to myself and like going to the gym, I go to the gym, I work out and stuff like that. That's a non-negotiable. Like I'm going to the gym every day, working out, uh, just keeping that positive mindset, stuff like that. But other than that, it's just finding money for my clients every day. <laughs> like every day. It's, it, I've been doing it so long, it feels weird when I'm not doing it. You know? So, yep. Non, that's definitely one of the non-negotiables. I like it. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I was looking, where's the money? Where's the money? Yeah. Like, where is that? I have the money because I know John needs this or Jack needs this or Bob needs this or anyway, like somebody needs something. So I'm like, well, let me, let me make sure I help them because I stay in business by helping them stay in business, you know? So I, I have to make sure I'm getting my job done. Yeah. And I have a final question for you. So if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you want to tell him? Or if you want to tell him nothing at all, that's an option as well. No, honestly, Honestly, if I can go back from right now, from where I'm at, at my current age to when I was 20, I would tell myself this. I would say pick a a big goal. I mean, a big goal, like a really big goal, not a small one, like a really, really, really big goal and put all of your energy into it. And just literally time will catch up to that goal. Like time will catch up to that goal. And and if I had someone in my position right now and that told me this when I was 20, I would have done this. I would have picked a really, really, really big goal. And I mean, a really big goal. And I would let time catch up to that goal. Pick a big goal and like put put your energy into it. And what's going to happen just from experience, you're going to attract everything you need to accomplish that goal, whether it's people, relationships, whether it's resources, whether it's anything you need, you're going to attract everything to meet that goal. If you just stay the course and let time take care of itself, but pick the big goal, give it all your energy. And I'm telling you, time is going to literally take care of us, take care of yourself. And my only regret is that I didn't pick a big enough goal. That's my only regret. That's my own. It's, it's not even a regret. I just would tell my 20 year old self, hey, if I'm 20, I'm dreaming big. Like I'm I'm dreaming really, really, really big. Yep. And everything will take care of itself. I'm, I'm, I'm 
if I would have knew this at 20, that's what I would, that's what I told myself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pick, a, pick a really big goal. Because you can have, uh, I tell everyone, I tell everyone this, even like the younger guys that I like coach and consult, you can have anything you want. Anybody. It, it, it doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what background you come from. It doesn't matter if you're from a rich uh, family household or a poor family house. It doesn't matter. Like the universe favors us all and we can have anything we want. All we have to do is decide what we want and put our energy into that. And in due time, you will get the thing that you you will get the thing that you really want. Not that you just, uh, I think I want it, but I don't know. The thing that you really desire to have, you will get it. You will. You will get it. So I tell everyone that, especially like the younger adults that are like coaching stuff, I tell them all that. Do not pick a small goal. Make it big. Make it really big. And time is going to time's gonna take care of it for you. I loved interviewing you today. Thank <laughs> you for doing this. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. I, I want to thank you for inviting me onto your 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 platform. It was a pleasure. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, I was able to add some value. I'm looking forward to the future. <laughs> but it's been a, it's been it's been great. Awesome. And where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? You can connect with me on my website. My website is my name, Alvin George Jr. I am who I say I am. So my name is Alvin George Jr. A L V I N G E O R G E Jr. Alvin George Jr. Or you can follow me on Instagram. Instagram is the quickest way to get in touch with me. Uh, my name on Instagram is Alvin George Jr. <laughs> All cohesive. I love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> and you can also connect with me on Facebook. And that is Alvin George Jr. You know, so across all platforms, you can connect with me, Alvin George Jr. Quickest way is definitely Instagram. I post daily content there. I'm always giving education on like credit and funding and life advice, motivational tips, just just stuff like that. You know, because I wish me as a child when I was coming up, I didn't I didn't have a father. Um, My dad passed away when I was younger. I wish I had me when I was much younger, you know, so. I, I just try to make sure I steer, I lend a helping hand to the ones that's behind me. Um, hey, this is how you can advance much quicker. Just take this education and run with it and go accomplish all your dreams, all your goals. Go do what you need to do. Yep. So you can find me a first place platform, Instagram, just Alvin George Jr. And you'll find me there. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.